successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. It's great to be back with you here today on 980 AM or on iTunes via podcast or if you're listening on the website at GrillNationShow.com. Greatly appreciate you listening this week. As always, you connect with me on social media. Search for my name or uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Before we get to our awesome show today, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies. Contributors of the Grill Nation Show include the KCADC, that's the Kansas City Area Development Council, Port Casey and Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, uh, guest host and honor contributor to the Grill Nation show. We appreciate all of our sponsors, contributors, and supporters. If you'd like to uh, become a part of the Grill Nation show, shoot me an email at grillnationshow at gmail.com. Love to, love to hear from you. On today's show, we have on our monthly current events show, federal, state, local issues, uh, you know, things that are hot. Trending topics, and I am joined today by Annie Presley, uh, award-winning author. Oh yes, political guru. Oh yeah, uh, great fundraiser mm-hmm. for many years. Back in studio, Annie Presley. It is an honor to be sitting next to you again. I've missed you. I love being here, Jason. <laughs> it's so fun to it's, spar with you. It's been <laughs> it's been a long couple of weeks, but it's great to have you back. Um, we. Uh, we're excited to be on the show. We're going to talk about a lot of local issues happening here in the Kansas City region, as well as touch on both states, Missouri and Kansas, and get into some federal issues as well. There's a lot of stuff happening in Washington, D.C. and throughout the area. Um, okay, Annie, I want to start off with some local issues. We have four segments on the show today, so a lot of topics. So we can talk at length. Um, there's a mayor's race going on, and uh, we taped this show on Tuesdays. I will post it to iTunes I post it on Thursdays, usually it gets posted, and then we air on Saturdays. Uh, so the election is April 2nd for the primary, correct? So vote this Tuesday. Vote next Tuesday. It's just, yeah, it's coming up Tuesday. Quick. Yeah, Tuesday. Right. Tuesday. Just April vote. 2nd. Um, there are 11 candidates. No one has dropped out of the race. It's Pretty crazy. interesting. There's some smack talk in the star about how boring it is, what a boring race it is. And it's traditionally. Not very well um, represented at the ballot box. Voters don't generally go in April. But there are a couple of really big issues. Number one, two candidates come out of the mayoral primary. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Mayor Sly James' kind of last effort to uh, make a big impact um, on the Mm pre-K issue. Mm -hmm. So there are really great ballot decisions being made so and the election vote. the election was now moved it's usually in the colder months which are 
I believe, February mm-hmm. is the primary, and this year it is in April. And then the general's in June. Yes. So it's a very quick turnaround. We'll see more, I think, to, we've seen a lot of debates. I've been to a few. Um, they're very run-of-the-mill as far as the issues talked about. It's very about, there's like three things that are discussed. Infrastructure, crime, um, incentives. Workforce development. Workforce right, development. Sure, real estate incentives. But I, I want to hear, I guess we'll hear more about this when we get down to two because there's so many right now running. More about the future, the vision for Kansas City. Where are you going to take the city? Because I think, you know, we'll get into some of our other topics here with what we've done the last eight years, what the mayor has done along with the city council. We've been moving forward. So, uh, you know, what? how are we going to put up, continue to do that? How are we going to put our foot, foot on the gas? I get it. Like, in mayor's elections in Kansas City, you've gone from a, a K Barnes to a Funkhauser, to a Sly, James. They're all different, right? Right. So we kind of like, you know, this election has been more about what are the critical issues that we need to fix as far as, you know, potholes, sewers, infrastructure. Um, But you haven't had that, this is my bold idea moment, which is what I want to see. Because I feel like other cities are doing that. I know we got to fix all these problems we have, but I want to see bold ideas. Well. And we'll hopefully see that when it gets down to two. I guess the bold ideas are kind of the ones that we talk about regularly. The downtown baseball stadiums come back up, yeah, whatever. It'll happen. Yeah, that's a bold idea. Also, the extension of the streetcar is a pretty bold idea. Hyperloop to me is a bold idea. Well, so, so. you better call Elon <laughs> Musk on that one. I'm not sure how much but, I can you know, what, what's something unique? You know, because I feel like, you know, we get all the mailers. It's always about neighborhoods. I get that. I get what you're doing as a mayor. Like you're, this is your job. But I think that Sly James and I think that Kay Barnes and I think most mayors have stuff that they're like, we're going to do this. So, Airport, we're going to do this. Streetcar, we're going to do this. Downtown hotel, we're going to do this. Um, Pre-K, we're going to put that on the ballot. I mean, just those types of things. And I hope those come out when we get to the two because I think right now, you know, because there's so many counts people involved and a couple outsiders that it's all about, you know, what voters care about the most, which are there's potholes on my street. There's all these things. I get that. But I want to know what the, what, where they're going to take Kansas City. What's next for us? How are we going to continue to improve upon all the great things we've done over the last eight years? So I think there are two candidates coming out of this primary. One of them is Jolie Justice, who's a current city council member and has chaired the KCI airport committee and done a nice job on that. She's kind of, you know, the regular guard who knows how to run everything through city council. The other one I expect to come out of the primary is the shiny new object, Steve Miller. No, he's not new. He's been around for a while. But he, city. He, he, he's, well, he's new to city council. He would be new to, to, city to hall, the yes. process. Yep. And yes, to city hall. So he has experience at state level on the state highway commission. Mm-hmm. So he knows his way around politics, but it's kind of the old guard versus the shiny, shiny new ob- object. And and we'll just see how that plays out. That's what the prognosticators are saying, right? Those are the two prohibitive favorites. However, as we know with a low turnout, if you get your base out to vote, any of these people can get elected. To, to me, the final it's, two. it's all about name ID and these low turnouts. Um, right. And so Steve Miller is starting to build his. He doesn't have any yet. He started. That's why he went out first with the signs, his mailers, his commercials, the whole thing. 
He's done a great job fundraising. He's kind <laughs> great of got job, that Ward Parkway Corridor. He's a Republican. Can we be honest? I think he probably is. Yeah. He, he know he is. He's got um, a lot of Republicans working on his campaigns. He has, you know, raised a lot of money, but he is a Republican. I mean, there's no no other way to put it. It's a nonpartisan election. Now, he might have supported some Democrats, Claire McCaskill's over the years, but that will definitely become an issue, I think, in the general, if he does make it through. I think a lot of people will vote for Joey Justice because they're Democrats at the end of the day. Oh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm I, not so sure but he'll about get, that. But he'll get a lot of Republican votes, and that, and we'll get into it and more of this in our next segment. But I think that – I think that um, – the whole time, people that were, you know, whether it was Candor or others that were talking about running, I mean, Steve Miller was always the person who was probably going to make the final two, according to most people, because of his ability to get Republican voters, moderate voters, um, you know, the new shiny object voters, we need to change voters. Right. And so that's, and he's raised a lot of money. So those things have all helped. Yeah, he's a good candidate. There's no question about it. Good resume. You're uh, listening to the Grill Nation show. We're talking to Annie Presley, award winning author. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show, 980 AM. I'm Jason Grill. Appreciate listening to us. Annie Presley, award-winning author, political guru, <laughs> GOP fundraiser, awesome Kansas Cityan, is in studio with me. How are you, Annie? I'm well. I'm trying to liven up this show because I missed you so much. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a month. Um, Annie is a great Kansas Cityan. If you haven't checked out her books, you should. They're at readthis.guru, just because she's a guru. Read this dot G U R U, correct? You have right. four books now? Yes. What are the names? Read this when I'm dead. Read this on our anniversary. Okay. Read this on your birthday. Read this about my house. These are all guided journals that you fill out about these different topics. They're wonderful gifts for retirement, for wedding, for new baby, for new home. Oh, she's got it all done. Hallmark, rainy day books online. Read this. Guru. Annie is an entrepreneur, public affairs, a strategist. She's, she's done everything. Um, <laughs> she's kind of like me. That's why we like each other. Yep. We're good. <laughs> okay. We weren't good on the mayor's race though. So we were getting a little bit, little testy there at the last segment. I will say this. There's 11 people running, uh, the debates. I've been to a handful. They've been okay. Um, uh, you know, we know most of these people. You know, I've donated to some of these people. I, I think I think it's going to be a hopefully a higher turnout than we're both expecting mm-hmm. because there's been two million dollars, I think, raised in this election by the, all those candidates. And it's in April. Hopefully it'll be a nice day. It's April 2nd. Um, we both kind of believe that the two people that people are saying are going to make the final two are Miller and Justice. Right. But I will say this. There's a lot of polling out there and there's like 40 percent of the voters are undecided. Undecided. And a lot of these candidates like Kennedy, Lucas, Taylor, they're always in the kind of that same general area of the second candidate in these polls. And so I wouldn't be it wouldn't shock me if someone else got in to the final. I mean, I think Jolie's in. Let's put her in. Um Name ID. I, I just think she's been around and she does a good job and, and people like her. So she's in. So second, I think, is 
kind of up for grabs. But I think Miller is probably the the favorite, just because I think people want to have a contrast between something new and the established candidate and city council. Well, and I think you're right. Even though the city elections are technically nonpartisan, it's clear that Joey's a Democrat and Steve <laughs> Miller is a Republican. So there's probably a little bit pent up demand yeah. among Republicans for a Republican mayor since we haven't had one and since Dick Berkeley. Yeah, you, that's true. And uh, you know, what's funny is well, I've done a lot of work with mayors and um, some of the cities like San Diego had a Republican mayor for a long time. Um, there's a new mayor, uh, Albuquerque had a Republican mayor, Richard Berry. It's, it is trending. I think Jacksonville, Florida has a Republican mayor now, Lenny Curry. So there is a lot of states or cities that have, you know, Republican classes, we like to say any. Well, like you. A, a, a Kid Bond Republican. A lot, a lot of people know that it's good to have both parties represented at the table. Mm-hmm. So if you have a lot of Democrats on your city council, it doesn't hurt to have a Republican mayor. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe what people are thinking about with Steve Miller. I do like that it's nonpartisan. As, as partisan as our society is, I like that. There's 11 people running. You can vote for your person. Two people make the final two. Then let's go at it, right? Right. And we'll see more. You know, everyone in the star is saying it's been nice, but I've gotten some negative mailers uh, the last few days. So I think they're not, they're subtle. They're not like what we're used to in the state level politics or the federal level politics. But there are, you know, voting records being called out. There are decisions made by city council being called out. Um, so it is, it's getting a little frictiony now. There's a little bit, but not Julie, though. She's been positive the whole campaign. Yeah, I think that's her plan. And she has endorsed by Mayor James. So if you like where Kansas City's at or where it's going, then you might support her. I don't know. But it'll be interesting. So that's that's happening on April 2nd. Also, Annie, um, KCI groundbreaking was this uh, this week when we taped the show, which is exciting. Very For all good. the people that said that it was never going to happen, it is now Looks like it's going to happen. There is demolition happening. Mitch Holtis was there. Uh, the mayor was there. Uh Jeff Stryker was there. It was a great event. It had 700 people were there. Uh, I was there. It was really fascinating to kind of see everyone there who had worked on the project. The the main thing is, you know, we're getting moving and there's a lot of jobs that are going to be created out of this project. And it's exciting for somebody. I know you travel, but you know, you, at the end of the day, you just want a good impression for your city, right? And you want to be able to be convenient. Good impression. First impression. You know, we're already far away, right? Everyone. I grew grew up in the Northland. I was close growing up, but a lot of people that travel here from other cities or who move here, like from St. Louis or from name your city, they're like, it's kind of far. Right. It's really not, but as far as where the city's growth is happening, but um, we're going to have a new face to our city. And 2023, hopefully, will be the ribbon cutting early uh, first quarter 2023. It can't come early enough for me. I think our uh, we are way past due on this. And um, I'm sorry they didn't get the airlines to the table years ago to get this hammered out because our airport is, as we say in the country, war out. <laughs> it is plum war out. So that'll happen. That'll continue. They're going to, they're going to demo demolition. I think most of the inside of it first and then continue with the outside. And then over the next four years, you're going to see a build KCI project happening. You'll drive right by terminal A when you're going to terminal B and C where all the flights will be. Uh, and so there won't be any, any problems with, um, getting on your airplanes for the next four years. But it's crazy to me. You think about it, like four years from now, we're going to have another presidential race for 2024. You know, we're going to have a, probably a President Trump or a new person in office, obviously. 
it's a long time coming, but it's going to go by pretty quick, I think. I hope. It can't just cannot go fast enough. Just think about this. 2016 was three years ago. That Holy election. Cow. That election. Feels like it was three weeks you ago. You know, I got to introduce Laura and Barbara Bush Jr. Tell me about on that. On Friday. Because I couldn't make it, but tell me what how that all went down. At I want to hear about that. For the Star Women's Hall of Fame, and they came in for this 1,200-person luncheon. And I was wow. in advance. I was on the first campaign in Austin in 2000, and, and I was on the advance team for Mrs. Bush following 9-11 in New York. And I got to introduce them at this luncheon. And I started my uh, introduction with, it was 20 years ago next month when I moved to Austin, Texas. I've been in it, in it a while now. <laughs> and and it really does go fast. Crazy. And I told all these fun stories about things that we got to do. And it, but but it really does go so fast. So the airport can't be fast enough. When did uh on your event? Where was it at? At UMKC. UMKC. Okay, yes. twelve hundred people. Twelve hundred. What were the What were the bushes? What did they think of the event? How did they? They go? loved it. It was well. The Women's Star Hall of Fame is all about empowering women uh-huh. and, and recognizing powerful women in Kansas City who've really made a difference. Mm-hmm. And so. It, it's just really They were probably excited to see you fun. be back in Kansas City. Yes, they they come regularly. And um, we had rainy day books there to sell their books and sold a ton of books and just, just had a ball. I love when those things happen here. Yeah, it was really fun. So Barbara Bush, they call her Junior now, mm-hmm. interviewed her mom. And they just told stories about what's going on in their lives and burying. Any, you know, anything to know gaming. about George W.? Did they shock about him at all? Well, mostly they talk about now about his paintings, okay. you know, and he goes around with his paintings. In fact, we're bringing his Portraits of Courage exhibit to um, Truman Library mm. when it finishes its um, current expansion. So, so what's funny, too, is I saw he got a hold of one the other day. He George did. George W. Bush. They said he was beside himself with happiness. I'm sure he was. <laughs> he's very athletic, you know, and he's very competitive. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm sure that was a big thrill for him. It, it, I am you know, a when he was president. One. I did. I, I I like that. I like that he was competitive. He's very competitive. People will never forget that that first pitch at Yankee Stadium. But you know, right he, down the middle. Oh my gosh! They had him in the basement of the White House practicing, and he was so put out that he had to put on that um, jacket. Yeah. Well, that whole vest underneath his jacket. So if anybody tried to shoot him, you know. Yeah. And it's hard to throw a baseball. He was quite put out about it but he was determined to throw it and he practiced and he and he got her done so <laughs> but he, he's a real athletic even in in the white house you know he ran he biked he did a lot of stuff but no golf after 9-11 really none so mm-hmm. now he's taking advantage of it again mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> annie presley is with me okay Annie, we have one more issue really kind of in kansas city the pre-k issue that's gonna be on the ballot as well on april 2nd uh with mayor james's last initiative there's some uh you know, a lot of the, the major players came out against this, the school districts, the the superintendent associations, because of the way it's set up. But we can all agree that, and because of the sales tax. Three-quarter, no, three-eighths-cent sales tax. Yes. Um, Pretty regressive. Polling I have seen has been 45 to 40-ish against, but it's pretty close still, I think. I think it is close. And again, it'll be driven largely by the turnout for the mayoral primary. Mm-hmm. I clearly Mayor James thinks that kids are not ready going into kindergarten mm-hmm. in Kansas City, Missouri, and he wants every kid to be able to be ready for kindergarten when they're supposed to start reading, essentially. We know research has shown that if you're not reading by grade at grade level by second grade, 
there's a real good chance you won't graduate high school literate. Mm -hmm. So his goal is to just start earlier so their little mushy brains can learn to read more readily when they're young. And um, it's a big deal. But I have a fear that there's there are some machine operations behind uh, the the issue. Yeah, that's going to cause it to go away. But maybe there's another way to do it without the three eighths tax. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the, I think a lot of people agree that a universal pre-K is a good thing. Um, I did have someone knock on my door the other day from the pro campaign. Oh, I told you I, uh, have a, a new doorbell and I saw her walk up with the, uh, with the paper and, uh, I wasn't home, but, um, it, uh, it, there's people campaigning for it in the neighborhood. So that's, that's, a, that's a positive. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think, I think we'll have a lot to talk about after this next election. Um, on April 2nd, make sure you get out and vote. Kansas City, Missouri. I know all the other municipalities will probably have elections as well that day. It's a Tuesday in April. There's always school board. There's always levies. There's always tax issues. That's this time of the year. All that's going on. And I don't miss campaigning, Annie. I no. do not miss campaigning. No, uh, no. Either do you, I'm sure. That's a young man. <laughs> You're listening to the Grill Nation show. We're going to be back with Annie President. We're going to talk about things happening on the state level. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on here in Missouri and Kansas. You're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body, when it drops, Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show, I'm Jason Grill, your host, joined today by Annie Presley, guru and author at Ace Publishing LLC, also a or a political guru and fundraising stalwart, an advanced <laughs> person. We're li- you're listening to the Grill Nation Show on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at the website grillnationshow.com where I post all of our shows, all of our supporters, all of our photos of our guests. It's a great website. Check it out, grillnationshow.com. Annie, we've talked about local issues. Let's, let's kind of jump into some state things happening in Missouri. We have a real idea issue going on. Oh, yeah. So what is this? So after 9-11, there was this idea that we needed a national ID program because some of the terrorists had actually gotten state issued IDs. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe there weren't enough teeth in those state requirements. So the national ID is apparently going to be required next year. For airport travelers. October and, 2020, you have to have it by. They've pushed this back a countless amount of times. When I was in the legislature, it was 2009, I think, when this initially got passed, as far as Missouri kind of joining the Real ID program. Well, Missouri is up and running now. So you can go to your uh, state license bureau and trade in your driver's license for a new national ID. That's looks very interesting. groovy. What do you think about this? Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't like they, it. They already know everything about us anyway. Who, who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? I mean, what's it going to do? If, if, if it stops me from getting on an airplane, that's a problem. Let me look at my license right now because I know I need to change something. I want to see when it's when it's expired. 2022. So oh, I'm gonna, you're good to go. So I'm going to have to get a real ID by 2020, yeah. October. So you need to take your passport and take that driver's license and go to the state licensing bureau. And apparently they... So does it show your state on there and everything? It has to, right? As far as I know, I don't, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, I saw a picture of somebody else's yesterday, but I didn't really memorize it. So, <laughs> um, but but they already know everything about us anyway. So who cares? 
So Annie's joined the Real ID Club. You're cool with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I remember good. when I was in office, the Tea Party was strongly against the Real ID. Strongly. You know, <clears throat> anybody who's online with a phone or an, any kind of electronic equipment, they know everything about you. you. I was looking for a CPR class just yesterday, <laughs> and within five minutes I had American Red Cross, a heart association, all these people on my phone advertising to me about CPR classes. I mean, <laughs> what what do they not know about us? That's true. Yeah. That's funny. A CPR class. Are you are you trying to become a lifeguard, Annie? What are well, you doing no, here? Well, <laughs> our neighborhood wants to have a class, and, and we were looking for somebody to come and actually conduct the class for all our neighbors. And... um. So, you were like the ringmaster of everything. You know, it's just so easy to to figure that kind of stuff out, but it, I was a little alarmed. I remember last year at Christmas, I was looking at Christmas gifts for the children, and um, somebody borrowed my phone, and all of a sudden, all the gift research started coming up in the ads, and the kids knew exactly what they were getting. You it's know, even, <laughs> it's crazy. It's even worse when you're on Instagram or Facebook, because then you start getting the uh, the ads, like the actual like photos and Everything is, yeah. it's crazy. Annie Presley is with me. We're talking state issues. Uh, we've been having some flooding here in the area, <laughs> haven't we? What's going on, Annie? Well, you know, the Missouri River is the 13th longest river in the world. And it's the longest river in the United States. It's ginormous. And um, it has changed significantly since Lewis and Clark investigated it on behalf of Thomas Jefferson, who bought it when he... Um, finished up the Louisiana Purchase. That's just a little Missouri history. <laughs> but it is no longer the wide, slow-moving river it once was. It is very narrow now. It is very deep. Its uh, course has been changed many, many times. This has always been an issue. Back when I worked for Kit Bond in 91, 92, then John Ashcroft, 93, 94, they'd both been governor for eight years and then both in the Senate and the Missouri River issues were constant. People taking them out for golf course watering, people taking it out for um, drinking water, people taking it out for agriculture. I mean, just pallid sturgeon issues, environmental issues, all kinds of issues with with how the river runs. So then you have an historic flood or rain, and it becomes a flood. And there's a lot of um, grousing about whose fault that is. Mm -hmm. But I I love the quote the guy I read in the paper said, you know, you can't take a gallon of water and put it in a quart cup. It's not going to (laughs) work. It's going to overflow. And that's that's what's happened. So it's overflowed all. I mean, if you go up to Parkville, Riverside, you know, anywhere in North Kansas City, you can kind of see it everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The highway was closed on the, the Iowa border. I mean, it's it's been pretty serious. Very it's a national state of emergency, according to the governor of Missouri, correct? No doubt about it. When when so you what, lose what's going to happen? Thousands of acres and animals, and how you feed America when everything's underwater? It's pretty tricky. Yeah. What are the farmers saying? Well, they love their farmland. They're committed to it, but of course they're disappointed, and they're certainly out the income. And now they've got to rehabilitate their land and re restock their stock. Mm-hmm. And cows are gone, horses are gone, pigs are gone, chickens are gone, everybody that gets grown in Missouri and Kansas. Kansas has its own issues right now. I want to talk about them. The governor has just vetoed a Republican tax bill, um, and the question is, is, will lawmakers override her? This is dealing with about $500 million, I believe, in revenue that the state has, or so, there's all kinds of things with sales tax issues involved here. It's It's kind of complicated, but... It's really coming down to will the Republicans override her veto of 
what they, you know, the whole, this was kind of going back to the Sam Brownback tax cuts. It's an issue of she wants the money to balance the budget and they want to give out tax cuts. Right. So lower taxes. Right. So she did not reduce or make go away the tax on food is basically what it's boiled down to because the state of Kansas needs the revenue. And there, there was a lot of heat about that food tax, which Kansas is one of the few states who actually does tax food and their tax is high. So it's, it's been a matter of contention before. Um, that's because they had no income tax for years. Right. Now we have income (laughs) for LLCs. Um, so the override seems, I, I don't know, unlikely, but it certainly is in play. It's unlikely because the first vote, they didn't have enough votes for a veto anyways, right? And so when they voted the first time, the Republican legislature passed it, but it wasn't a veto-proof majority. I'm not sure what Kansas is going to do, but th- this also is a complicated tax issue. It has federal um, implications of whether or not you itemize your tax, tax federal tax, and and that triggers whether or not you itemize your state tax. Mm-hmm. And it's it's more complicated than just a little food issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bigger deal than what the what's been played out. So pay attention to that. That's going to be ongoing in the state of Kansas. Also, any I saw that a Senate panel or Senate group in Kansas passed a um a, a law to look at more toll roads in Kansas. Oh boy. Um different Areas did not have enough use for them when they looked last time, I believe. And now there's more traffic in those areas. So they're considering expanding the toll roads in Kansas to generate more revenue for infrastructure and transportation. Well, they do have lovely highways in Kansas. That's for sure. They do. And so that's the question is, why in Kansas do they have toll roads? Very red state. And in Missouri, we never have gotten them. Well, you have to go Since through the Kansas days of the Buck Bra- to Buck Bridge. Okay. <laughs> Right, so a lot of people help pay that. Um, I I can't explain why Missouri hasn't done it on I seventy. I it is inexplicable to me because we need it so badly, uh-huh. and um, we have lots and lots of visitors, tons and tons of trucks move goods across the state of Missouri on I seventy. I I don't understand it. I can't. The the voters just aren't up for it. They're just not doing it. So, They're not doing it, and it is never. I don't know. It's just never, it just mystifies me because every other state has it. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of a pain, I guess, if you travel a ton. It's a lot more extra cost. But at the end of the day, we've seen this pothole catastrophe in Kansas City because of the weather issues. Um, well, man, having good roads really does change things. I 70 in particular is actually just too small for the amount of traffic it moves. Oh, it's, yeah. It's That's why we're getting the hyperloop, Amy. The hyperloop is coming. Yeah, right. Seven to $10 billion. <laughs> Call your friends, all your Republicans. Let's raise the money. I thought Elon Musk was going to I'm for, I'm for Virgin that Virgin Hyperloop is actually, Missouri is now like the front runner. Oh, Vir- so that's Richard Branson? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, good. Let's let him pay for it. For <laughs> it. I love it. Annie, in our next up, we've got a minute left in this one. We're going to get into some federal issues. There's a ton of federal things happening. We are going to discuss. I'm going to run these down. We're going to actually, let's let's hit on one more in the Kansas, and then we'll get to federal. Uh, this kind of has a federal and a Kansas mix. Sharice Davids, a congressman from Kansas, 3rd District, uh, recently was in town at a town hall. Uh, tell us about that, what happened. I know that... Um, she might be coming back towards the middle. Well, or which maybe she was always there. 
she was never as outspoken as some of her recently elected colleagues, um, AOC, for example, or mm-hmm. even um, keeping pace with, say, Elizabeth Warren on the Senate side. So Sharice Davis has always been a little bit less enthusiastic about some of those crazy ideas. But one thing that she did say is that she wants to focus on health care legislation and reach out to build a bipartisan movement to move forward on health care expenses, pharmaceuticals, all the um, components that make up a very expensive part of everyday life. And I, I like that language from her. Mm-hmm. I think it is time for us to start thinking about bipartisan efforts and actually move move the ball forward rather than just fight about, you know, being whatever party you're in. Way overdue. Yeah. Way overdue. And Annie and I are kind of classic Republicans and Democrats. Right. That, that's what we call you now. Republican classic, Annie. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm Democrat classic. I, okay, let's go with that. Okay. That sounds pretty so good. So bipartisanship, that's great. And our next segment, we're probably not going to find much, but we're going to be talking <laughs> about federal issues. We're going to get into the Bob, uh, how do you say it, Annie? Bob? Mueller. 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 It's Mueller. I, I know. Mueller. I know. I know. It's Mueller. Not Bob Mueller. It's Bob Mueller. His investigation. We're also going to talk about the presidential race, the National Electoral Election, Electoral College, how that's changing potentially, uh, and many more issues here on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM. We'll be right back. Back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill, 980 AM. Thanks for listening on the radio, on iTunes, via podcast, or on the website, grillnationshow.com. Appreciate connecting with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill. Annie Presley is with me. We join each other each and every month for our current event show, trending topics in the federal, state, and local level. We're going to talk federal level here now, Annie. Uh, interesting report came out today, the special counsel's report on collusion or no collusion. Um, Bob Mueller, uh, who works for the attorney general, by the way, this is not, this is special. This is special counsel. This is not independent counsel. This is not what we saw with Ken Starr, where he delivered all the goods he had to, they subpoenaed the president. You know, he went on tape, they interviewed him. We've all seen the tapes. That was an independent counsel. This is a special counsel, Bob Mueller, who worked for the attorney general and Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general. He, uh, the report came out, Bill Barr's report came out, summarizing the report. It was four pages. We need to see more. We will see more, hopefully. Um, saying the president, there's no evidence, no, uh, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt evidence that there was collusion with the Russians to invade the election in 2016. No collusion, no obstruction. No, no, didn't say no instruction. Yes, it did. No, it said, it said, they can't exonerate him on the obstruction issue because, as the lawyers have been talking on TV, um, as a prosecutor, you have to you have to have a case beyond a reasonable doubt, right? If you're going to bring a case, there's conflicting facts, I think, on the obstruction issue, and there wasn't enough there that they said this is a slam dunk. And we'll find out more about that when they release the whole report, hopefully. Well, if they do, so there's always a um, an issue with grand jury testimony. It is not to be revealed. Right. So there's a fair amount of it that won't and cannot be revealed by law. But there were several people who were found to be liars, cheaters, and stealers, and we know who they are. There's a lot and of the, them. And the, 
the president was not among them. So I would hope that we would now turn our focus to those who were causing the trouble, particularly Russians, <laughs> who are running bots through all of these different campaign opportunities and trying to, to, to divide us. infiltrate. Yes, and further divide us, which it's hard to believe that we could be further divided, truthfully. It, apparently it's working. It's very much so. so. We need to we need to turn our focus to get that shut down. And I don't know if that's somebody's responsibility who owns a big company like, say, Apple or Facebook <laughs> or who whose job is that? Well, the president needs to come against a little harsher, too, which I know that's a scary proposition sometimes with Vladimir Putin. But um, anyway, so I think they have to release the the report as much as they can. Yes, and the I think next they probably week will. To two days, it has to happen um, because of a political appointed AG who employed basically a special counsel. Um, uh, Bob did not punt. Mueller did not punt. The, uh, he he literally said what every lawyer would say. He said there's no beyond a reasonable doubt evidence of collusion. However, uh, I can't. There's no you can't exonerate on the obstruction issue. No, no, he did not say that. Mr. Bar- the Attorney General said that. So don't confuse what Mueller said and what Barr said. My point is, is that we need to see the facts, right? They need to put it out there, and then everyone will be fine. Cleanse it. Let's move on. Yeah, let's but, move on. But we need, let's but, focus but, but on the problem. I have problem. no problem with with uh, with co- Congress. You know, frankly, here's what I want to see. I want to see Bill Barr, Rod Rosenstein, and uh, Bob Mueller testify about what they what they looked into, and then we'll be done with it. Just put them on TV and say, here's all the things we uncovered. Here's what we looked at. Here's what we found. Here's our report. That's it. And then I'd be think I think we'd be good with it. I think people would be like, we can move on now. Well, Congress I'm, I'm gonna prepared subpoena to move them. on. Congress I, will call those people in. Well, of course, Bill Barr but, said he would do it. I mean, what do you think Congress wants right now? I mean, they're already talking about going back and to impeach Donald Trump. No, that's I mean, never they're happen. never going to be satisfied. Those are the extremists, Danny, on well, both sides. Okay. Pelosi's not saying that it's it's just just be transparent. Just just put it out there and we'll be done. I, I think by the letter of the law, they will be transparent. Love it. Yeah. Transparency is good. OK, Annie, more issues here on the federal level. Electoral College. Oh, you boy. are getting really into 13 states, including the District of Columbia, have passed laws that they will give their popular vote in an election, presidential election or their electoral votes to the popular vote winner. So 172 electoral votes will now go to the popular vote winner. Uh, there's You need 270 to win, correct? And so there's this movement to let the person who actually gets the most votes be the president of the United States. And in the last six of the last seven elections, the Democrats have won the popular vote for president. So take me through why you think the person who gets the most votes should you not be president to, of the United States. You have to understand how and why the electoral, electoral college was built by the founding fathers. Okay. And it is because they want every person who, no matter where they live, to be accounted for as a vote. Mm-hmm. So people think America is a democracy, but it's really a republic. And the republic allows for the legislature to be, rec- uh, there are two senators for every state, and then based on the number of population, each district is built within the state. So every single person has a voice in Congress. The Electoral College mirrors Congress. So 
if you have some people hate that yeah clearly some people hate it and particularly the people who want to win the elections but i i feel like losing the electoral college is really a a shame and a sham to a certain extent because let's think about the the agriculture the farmers the ranchers in these great states in the midwest who don't live in huge suburban or urban areas and they are feeding america and their one little vote for feeding america goes up against all those gazillions of votes in those hugely um democratic towns like new york where nine million people live in los angeles in chicago that these folks want to get rid of the electoral college so that those urban voters can basically overwhelm. Andy, most people are moving to urban areas in our country. Well, does that make it a I'm good just telling idea? You, I'm telling you the arguments for the other way. Yeah, but the I, urban areas are becoming larger in this country, and people in the urban areas feel like their vote doesn't count. To be well, honest with you, when the popular vote six of the last seven elections has gone to a Democrat. So you have That's to really. The opponents. I understand, say. but you have to really study the electoral college to understand how it actually does even the playing field, and it it is more about being a republic than a democracy. Mm-hmm. A democracy basically just allows the the loud voice to overwhelm the minority, and it's not necessarily a good idea. But you have to actually pay a little attention to the electoral college. If you want to research this, yes, don't go to, if you're on any side, you will not like nationalpopularvote.com. <laughs> but I will say they're answering a lot of myths on there about the urban issues and whatnot. So check that out. If that'll show you, that'll give you the rundown of how many states have actually approved their electoral vote votes to go to the popular well, vote winner. I, and I understand that. And I, I know exactly where they're headed. The you constitution, think it's going to happen, Annie? I do not you because okay. the constitution will have to be changed. And that requires every state, every person, the opportunity to vote in the country to change the constitution. Okay. So Annie Presley is on record saying that we will not elect the president with a popular vote. Anytime I soon. I, I am very hopeful that the Electoral College will be understood and held. Annie Presley, On the thank record. you for joining me today. This has been a fast show. We'll see you again next month here on the Grill Nation Show. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Annie Presley, Thanks, read Jason. This. guru. Thanks for joining the show. We had a lot of fun. More next month with Annie Presley here on the Grill Nation Show. Have a great day, everybody, and enjoy the spring weather finally here.